0: Shouldn't you be canceled then, because you didn't do your job, of, you know, as being an ally? Wow.
1: Yeah. I. It <laughs> took me a little. I just had to let that sink in. Yeah. I guess. You know, if you're looking at it that way, that that would be,
0: you know. What I mean? Hey everyone, I'm Uswa. and I'm Yasmin. Welcome to Inner Work Ally Squirts official podcast, where we learn how to better practice allyship.
1: Today, we're going to be talking about cancel culture.
0: This is a tricky topic for us. This is something that we've talked about for many, many months now, but it's almost hard to record a podcast about it because it's so complicated.
1: Yeah, it's so kind of generalized almost, and there's no specific way to define it. And there's actually no one way that you really feel about it. Like I yeah. feel like your feelings are always so complicated when it comes to cancel culture.
0: So that's our caveat to say that at the end of the day, we won't have a very, very straightforward, yes or no, pro or con answer. Which do we really ever. This is not the kind of podcast where we do that.
1: Well, Um, no. And also, (laughs) what are we experts on? (laughs) Nothing.
0: That's the entire reason we have this podcast, to Learn. Um, So speaking of learning, let's go straight into our definition.
1: Okay, so while I said that we don't actually have a way to define it, we do.
0: We have we do
1: have a definition of cancel culture. So canceling happens when someone's publicly shamed for something that they did, um, which was deemed unacceptable by a group of people. Um, and there's been a sort of culture that's been developed around canceling that's been driven to the point where there's groups of people who try to quote-unquote expose certain influencers by digging into their past for m- potential mistakes that they've made. And, you know, we say influencers, but it really could be, um, you know, it's not just influencers, it's also celebrities. It's typically people, I think, in the public view.
0: Yeah. And even within, like, a company that you work at, for example, the people in power have the influence. And so, at the end of the day, while I think it is majority people in the public eye, I also think people you know, fall under this category of potentially being cancelled if they're in, you know, leadership at an organization.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Does cancelling work?
0: I think for me, cancelling is such a aggressive term and it's so complex, but it's, here's my problem with cancelling. So it hasn't been explained properly like we've already talked about. And also, it's so contextual, despite the fact that we're trying to make generalizations about it. And so I think in order to have a good conversation about cancel culture, we have to first understand that canceling occurs effectively or ineffectively, depending on the contacts and depending on who is being canceled and who is doing the canceling. And so I think before we even dive deep into, you know, does canceling really work? I think we need to understand that all of this is dependent on the actors involved. Now, for me, I think a huge part of canceling is a question of why, right? So why are you quote unquote canceling someone? What's the motivations? What have they done? What's the context? And so I feel like if the situation is something like someone has said something discriminatory, has it come out of a place of ignorance, or has it come out of a place of hate? Because if it's come out of a place of ignorance and the person has shown an intention to learn or that they've already started on that unlearning process, then I feel like canceling is a very toxic and unnecessary step to go through. Whereas if the person has come from a place of hate, then I would still not use the word cancel I just use the word holding them accountable, deplatforming them, defunding them, ensuring that they're not a, in a place to provide that influence or make those powerful decisions anymore. And so at the end of the day, maybe my answer is straightforward, word, which is I don't think cancelling works.
1: When we're talking about cancelling and then you're saying, does it, like knowing why the person has done what they've done, the problem with canceling is that it never really gives a person the chance to explain their actions. Mm-hmm. So we never really know why the person has done what it does, what they've done because we've decided right off the bat that we no longer want to listen or validate someone. So we're never able to get the full story.
0: Yeah, and that doesn't mean we're giving the platform again to you know oppressive people it really just means understanding contact so i'm not for you know give this person another opportunity to appear on a talk show or you know whatever co-opt another space in order to perpetuate i think it really means allow that person to clarify their intentions and again like make sure that their actions also match their intentions but at least give them that opportunity
1: right so i think you know when we do talk about cancel culture we have to understand to an extent that people do make mistakes so if we're not allowing people to make mistakes there's never going to be an opportunity to learn Mm -hmm. and i think that is a huge part of who we are as human beings you know when we're children That's the primary way that we learn is we do something and, you know, our parents or guardians, whoever is around us may tell us, you know, no, that's not acceptable or that's not, Mm -hmm. you know, the 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 best way to go about things. And that is how we learn. So I think it's important when we're talking about cancel culture and the people that we're canceling and holding accountable that we are recognizing that, yes, while these may be, you know, celebrities or influencers who do have the ability to influence a large group of people, which can be scary Mm -hmm. when we think about, you know, the things that people say and the influence that they can have on people, it is scary. But these are still humans. And I think a large problem that we have within society is that we almost hold celebrities or people with large platforms we hold them on a very high we put them on a high pedestal is what i'm trying to say we
0: always dehumanize them because of the platform that they have and i mean the other thing is that understanding so you know you and i grew up in bigger cities and so we had educational systems albeit very racist and very ignorant we still had exposure to people's lived experiences that informed us of a lot of different lives and different kinds of identities and so we grew up with an education already in our environment now if you compare that to a you know a small town that doesn't have racially diverse population or has a culture where people are forced into hiding their identities that in itself is incredibly problematic but in this context i'm talking about the inability for people to learn from lived experiences and so yes we need to fight for a diversity of experience and acceptance of experiences so that people can learn from one another but until you know we achieve that we also have to understand that people are ignorant based on you know where they live and then the thing that i see often is the idea that you know we have social media today so like and we have google today why can't people learn there but what we find at ally squared very often is people don't know where to start So once they start, one book leads them to another book, and one author or one podcast leads them to a different podcast, but if you don't know where to start, you can't learn. And so understanding, again, context, has that person had the opportunity in their life to learn, and if they haven't, then maybe if they're, you know, conducive to learning, maybe what we need to do rather than canceling is providing them that opportunity to learn.
1: Yeah. And I think that also leads into the point that people change. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting, you know, when you talk about where we grew up for, I mean, personally, for me, I grew up kind of in both contexts. So for a large part of my life, I grew up in a little bit of a predominantly white Mm -hmm. um, city. I mean, I would call it a town, but I think it's classified as a city. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, I didn't necessarily enjoy my time there, but... If you were to ask me about my viewpoint on things when I lived there. Now, I was very young. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, if you're going to take, you know, what a 12-year-old has to say super seriously, maybe that's a different conversation. But if you were to ask me about my viewpoint on the world when I lived there versus, you know when i lived here i mean i grew up in both Mm places it's a different context anyways i grew up in both places at the same time because my parents lived in separate cities Mm -hmm. so i was exposed to both but predominantly i lived in this you know smaller predominantly Mm -hmm. white town for a large portion of my life and my viewpoint on things was significantly different from when i then moved to the bigger city which had a very diverse population where I went to high school and now, you know, university and, you know, you kind of starting your adult life. It's very, very different. So I think, yes, it is very important to recognize that people change and contact context is paramount when Mm. we're talking about people changing. Um, And so if we're not giving people the chance to learn from what they're saying, or if we're immediately saying, you know, you're a bad person because you've said this. And again, it does depend on what the person has said. Mm -hmm. If you are, you know, spewing just complete hate, that's a little bit different than just being ignorant to things. Yeah. But we do have to, you know, take into consideration that every human is capable of change. And within Ally Squared, we talk a lot about, you know, learning and unlearning. Yeah. Biases that we have. So I think a lot of times when people are in this, you know, echo chamber Mm -hmm. where we're, you know, everything that they're thinking is being validated, especially on social media.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: You know, when I think about the accounts that I'm following, I'm following them not necessarily because they hold such radically different views than Mm -hmm. I do, but because, you know, maybe I agree with the things that they say. I really like the things that they post. Mm -hmm. I'm very interested in what they're saying because I feel like it relates more so to my life and I can really, you know, look at them and feel like, yes, I relate to the Mm -hmm. life that you're living. So on social media, you're kind of in this echo chamber of people who have very similar thoughts to you and who, you know, have the same view as you on life and the world and then when you you know say something that the rest of the world that's not within your echo chamber is kind of like oh hey that's Mm -hmm. not okay you shouldn't be saying that you shouldn't be doing that we're immediately you know this person's canceled Mm -hmm. we hate them they're a bad person Mm -hmm. like no more everyone needs to unfollow them everyone needs to you know be sending them hate messages yeah And it becomes a very, very toxic situation. It's not conducive to positive change or positive learning. It's Mm -hmm. not a good environment for people to then, you know, recognize the mistake that you've made and then proceed to, you know, find the resources that you were talking Mm -hmm. about, like books and podcasts and things like that, um, and talk to different people because you're just getting hate thrown at you.
0: Yeah. And I think a big part of that is also understanding that because a lot of people that are canceled are powerful people, whether that comes with like responsibility in terms of power and money in terms of power, when you have power, people tend to confirm your beliefs just because you're powerful. So because you have more power to inflict consequences on them that might harm them, you know, whether that's you won't get promoted or you'll get fired if you, you know, call someone out or call someone in. Um, When you're rich and in a public platform, everything that you, you know, do is based on people confirming your beliefs. And it's your job, especially to ignore the haters on social media or to ignore your critics because they don't support you. And I think about politicians, especially if they listen to everyone who is, critiquing them, then they wouldn't be able to get elected or they wouldn't have the confidence to get elected. And so it's almost like the nature of that job is designed to compartmentalize. Mm -hmm. And so when you go through that, I think it's important to change the way our systems work to hold people accountable. And so embedding accountability in there is more important than this knee-jerk cancel reaction like my mind always goes to okay but will this person learn and even when you deplatform them which i totally agree with and i think you should take away their platforms if they're constantly you know spewing hate or even if it's an ignorance position with power comes great responsibility and if you're in a position that for example you're a politician that is you know representing a riding full of very diverse people it is then your responsibility to learn, and if you haven't learned, yeah, you should be in that position. In other situations, I feel like when that isn't your job, like you're a celebrity and you've been canceled for something ignorant you've said, my thing is, are you holding those people accountable? So the people whose albums you buy, the people whose art you buy, are you making sure that they have the same values? Because still as a person, you wanna make sure that you're funding someone who is encouraging A variety of people to have essentially their basic human rights but also equal treatment and so I think for me a really good alternative to canceling is one deep platforming when the person is not meeting to their responsibility and so understanding that in Canada yeah like we have freedom of speech but we also you know have consequences that come with our freedom of speech and if it's hateful then like of course we have hate crimes and There's negative consequences for the ways that you talk. And so I think the biggest thing that I would always advocate for is making sure that you know your contacts, that when a person is not going up to the responsibility that they have in, for example, an elected position, that you want to be de-platforming them. And then lastly... You know defunding and so making sure that you're spending your money more wisely and I think more about companies in that context so for example fast fashion are we really you know giving our money to people who don't believe in the human rights of women for example like garment workers in the south right so making sure that we're holding them accountable using not just our votes but also organizations with our money
1: so Are you saying that we can not only cancel, well, I guess not cancel, but hold hold
0: accountable.
1: Yeah. Do you think that cancel culture applies to organizations as well or specifically individuals?
0: No, I think it applies to organizations, but I think my goal is to say that We should be looking away from cancel culture and towards accountability. And a big part of understanding that accountability is the frameworks and systems in which people with power are allowed to stay in power and retain their power and, again, reinforce their echo chambers. And then you have to look at organizations.
1: Right. And I think a large part of this as well is also, you know, looking at do we cancel people in real life?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Like if I have someone in my life, let's say a friend or a colleague or, you know, just someone that I know and they have said something that I don't like or that I don't agree with, am I canceling them? No, I'm not.
0: Yeah, that's a great question to pose because... I think we're very hypocritical when it comes to that. Yeah. We're, like, organized. And, I'm yes, again, like I said, with great power comes great responsibility. There's more accountability there for you. But at the same time, do you really want to be surrounded by people who are, you know, either not combating their ignorance or are just intentionally hateful? And if you're so scared to approach the immediate people in your life who have probably a bigger influence on how you act and how you think – you know, are you really ready for conversations about holding organizations accountable?
1: Exactly. So I think, you know, we really do have to look at ourselves and our daily lives before we, you know, hop on the internet, I guess, (laughs) and choose to cancel people because you have to look at the way that you are as a person and how you, you know, hold others accountable. And I think holding people accountable in a positive way takes a lot of practice sometimes Mm -hmm. it's not an easy thing to do I mean at least for me it's never been an easy thing to do in a positive way Mm -hmm. I think it's very easy to become defensive Mm -hmm. and you know get upset with someone it's always easier to communicate your feelings when you're in a kind of I need to protect myself I'll almost you know yell at someone or I'm Mm -hmm. having an argument with someone rather than holding someone accountable in a positive way that can, you know, influence their lives in a good way, you know, and create positivity in your life and in theirs and create a space for learning. And we don't do that on the internet. No. We don't at all. I mean, it's, it's, I think we always kind of revert to that, you know, I'm defensive because I don't like what you've said. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to cancel you and spew hate at you. Yeah. And I think we need to work more on treating people on the internet and individuals that are hold this power the same way that we would, you know, try and be a positive influence on people in our lives.
0: Yeah, and I mean, when we talk about allyship, I think that's a mark of a good, per- like a person who's practicing good allyship is someone who holds people with the understanding that there is people who want to learn but just don't know exactly and you know understanding that if you have privilege as an ally then it is your responsibility then to make sure that you are educating people so that the people whose identities are being threatened don't have to have the emotional labor of doing so and so i think it's so important to then think you know you can say that you practice great allyship, but you know, in situations where you cancel and get rid of that person who actually wants to learn rather than you know calling them in and educating them, shouldn't you be canceled then because you didn't do your job in you know as being an ally?
1: Wow, yeah, I it took <laughs> me a little, I just had to let that sink in. Yeah, I guess you know, if you're looking at it that way, that that would be you know an appropriate reaction to have Uh, but i think ultimately what we're getting at is no it's not acceptable to cancel people
0: yeah i think it's the accountability there and still again like in practice and good allyship you have to hold the people around you accountable but again accountability does not mean canceling accountability means hey you had this responsibility you did not meet up to this responsibility what do we do moving forward to either take away, you know, this position of responsibility, or make sure which is deplatforming, or make sure that you are learning from it, which is growth.
1: So when we say deplatforming, do you think that's just another way of saying we're canceling you?
0: No, because I think canceling doesn't let the person essentially exist in all, in the realm, in the societal realm. Canceling says you do not belong in that society anymore, so we're almost canceling, we're getting rid of everything about you, your power, your privilege. Um, you as a person are now you know, not entitled to be a person, so you are being removed from society at large. I think deplatforming says you are not ready to hold this position, to be in this platform, to have this power, until you are in that position again where you, you know, you're responsible, you can be held accountable, You are ensuring that you are respecting people's identities until you can't, you know, until you can do those things again, you shouldn't have this platform.
1: Right. So we're not saying you are not a good person. You're never going to be allowed to be seen in public. Everyone's going to hate you forever. You
0: are who you are in this moment and you cannot be anything else.
1: Right. So it's cancel culture, you know, doesn't allow for the change to occur. Yeah. But the de-platforming, what we're talking about, allows for the learning and the change to occur just maybe not right at that moment.
0: Yeah, and if that person does make the effort and learn and, you know, reparations is a big part of it, making sure that you're, you know, repairing the harm that you've caused to communities, whether that be financially you're doing that or through apologies or through actions, that's a really big part of it and that's a big signifier that you are taking this seriously. I think people do grow. I mean, we all make mistakes and we can't always be aware of all of the identities and the ways that oppression is perpetuated. It's only our responsibility to learn as, you know, continually and as much as we possibly can. I think we all do make mistakes and recognizing the difference between someone who intentionally wants to stay this way and stay as an oppressor, stay hateful, is different than someone who does not know how to go about this and needs an ally to guide them or who, you know, does not know how, you know, is regretful of the mistake they've made and is willing to learn. I just think understanding the difference between the two is key and cancel culture erases that.
1: Right. So when we talk about, you know, the alternatives that we can have to canceling, we've named deplatforming, defunding, because... Ultimately, usually when you're deplatforming someone, you're also, you're also defunding them. Um, you mentioned, you know, freedom of speech and expression that we have in Canada. With certain exceptions, um, free speech doesn't mean free to, uh, like freedom, freedom of, of consequences. consequences. You can't just, you know, say whatever you want, whenever you want, to whoever you want, and expect that there's no consequences to your actions so like we said accountability mm-hmm. so making sure that we are holding people accountable for the things that they say that they do that doesn't necessarily mean that they are automatically de-platformed because you know sometimes people can learn quite quickly from yeah. what they've said or what they've done and also just making sure that we're continuing these conversations that are conducive to learning and to growth So, you know, might be like what we're doing right now, could be reading a book, could Mm -hmm. be within your own family, Mm -hmm. just having those conversations. Because I think when you're in the, you know, familial setting, you're not canceling your family members. Ultimately, you're not like,
0: yeah, most people,
1: yeah, most people are not so ultimately you know the conversations that you can have where you're kind of teaching people and you're both learning and growing together that can be much more helpful than just you know i don't like you anymore and that's it i don't want to talk to you you're not a human in my life anymore
0: yeah Yeah, absolutely and i mean to close off i think the biggest part of this in the context of ally squared's work is Holding yourself accountable as much as you hold other people accountable. Hold yourself accountable if you are endeavoring in the practice of allyship to be a good allied. Make sure that you as a person are also showing integrity in your actions.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I feel like it's such a complicated, you know, type of topic to talk mm-hmm. about.
0: Oh, we could go in circles all day, but I think we should end there. Yeah. (laughs) So thank you all for tuning in. Um, We really appreciate it. We hope you enjoy. Please interact with us on social media at Ally 2 Squared on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook and visit allysquared.ca for more information and for episodes and additional insight into the work that we do at Ally Squared. And make sure to catch us on our next episode. We always have our episodes come on bi-weekly on Sundays. And so see you next time. Thanks, Yasmin. Thank you. Take care, guys.